Today is a day that we set aside as we have another day before this for the mothers. Today we have certainly set aside to recognize fathers. Even though this is not a day that we would bind upon ourselves and say that it uh, has to be kept and has to be recognized, but it's a sequence in life of remembering those who administer to us and help us, and it also brings blessings back to us. And it takes us, it, it is something that causes us to appraise our own lives and see just where we stand and uh, how that we are acceptable before God. I think it's very appropriate that we take a day and maybe we need to take more than one day because we have a great need of fathers today. There are many of you who are fathers who will get cards today that will say it means so much to have a dad who cares, a dad that we can count on, a dad who is a friend, a dad who is always there. And that's wonderful to have that said about a dad. There will be cards that will say it means so much to have a dad like you because you're very special. And we love you, or I love you, so much. Happy Father's Day. And that makes a person's day. He's a father, and it's appropriate. And we should remember that. But we should also remember there are cards like this and statements like this that makes us feel important as a dad that said dad always helps uh, when we'd rather not stand alone and dad always knows uh, when we need to be on our own and dad always cares he always cares when things don't go our way. And I say, Dad always hears. He always listens. When there's something that we need to say and to share it with him. And Dad always shares. He always shares his wisdom. with my happiness and with my tears. And then there's others who are saying, Dad always gives. And uh, with a love that just gives and gives and gives. And that too is encouraging for dads to hear that. But did you know that there are 
people today that don't hear that. Some have said to dads, uh, oh, he's special. Oh, he dares to dream and pursue and reach out and become uh, great in service and in blessings for others. He is a person who is, uh, doesn't only use his head, he uses his heart and for others. Uh, and my dad is just special. And he just continues to strive to leave this old world uh, better than he found it when he came in. And then others will say, Dad, even though you don't always uh, get the praise and thanks and appreciation that you should, uh, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that my love for you will sustain you and, and will help you to understand that you're a wonderful father. But did you know that in Washington, D.C. this year, there was a great meeting. As the children of America, they wrote, celebrate Father's Day this June, there will be millions who will go to sleep in homes where their fathers do not live. Family life experts fear that America is becoming an increasingly fatherless society and that America needs to reconsider a vanishing breed the good father, the good family man. According to Institute for American Values, President David Blankenhorn, before the nation's children, he said, reach age 18. More than half of them, more than half of them will spend a significant portion of their childhood living apart from their fathers. The fact is so disturbing that many people prefer to ignore it and block it out. It's very painful to think about, said Mr. Black Kinhar before this group in Washington, D.C. this year. Our public debate on the family, for example, focuses almost exclusively on the roles of women and the plight of children as if the male role in the family life were somehow secondary and irrelevant and unnecessary. Some people speak of single-parent homes when what they mean is that mothers are rearing their children without fathers most of the time. 
And parenting has simply come to mean a set of gender-neutral skills. Yet male absence from family life is surely the most social, consequential family trend of our time. Said this Lincoln Horn. The scholarly findings on the result of the trend could not be clearer. Children who grow up with their fathers do far better emotionally, educationally, and physically, and spiritually. Every way we can measure, he says, children do better with a father. I don't think we have any objections to that. I don't think anybody would disagree with that. The increase in fatherless and family decay correlates similarly to the rise in juvenile crime, drugs use, child poverty, check sexual promiscuity, teenage pregnancy, and educational problems that have infected the nation's culture. The statistics ring true even when differences of race, class, and income are taken into account. It just isn't any other way that we can turn and see uh, such a need and be mindful of it. There's a difference in a male and a female. And God intended for the male to be there. And if he isn't there, we miss him. But you know, there's a lot of fathers that are ignored today, and there's a lot of fathers that are paying support. And the family won't even let them come in to their children and have their visitation rights. Now, I know there's a lot that never show up and never pay and don't assume their responsibility. But I want to let you know that we need to recognize the father for who he is. And we need to understand the necessity of his being there. And we need to come to the fore and help the fathers that really need help. There's fathers as well as mothers that are drunkards, that are on drugs, and the children are in foster homes. Neither one of them are taking care of the children. There's somebody that is reaching out to be a father. What makes us glad that we help somebody 
to be a father or to take on their responsibility is when we go to the jail or when we go to a place where we, we, we know that this person needs help. And we find out that he doesn't know Christ, he doesn't know God, he doesn't know the teachings. And we share Christ with him. And he becomes a person of nobility, high morals, and spiritual dedication. And he tries to do what he can to help, but a lot of times Maybe he, not, he isn't even accepted because of our trend. Whether it be the mother or the father, and we reach down and help them and lift them up, there is no answer to any problem of being a dad or being a mother that doesn't lie in the fact of Christ in that person's life. At the end of this study, the phrase was once widely heralded in our culture, bestowed as a badge of honor to those deserving it, a father. Today, especially within elite cultures, we hear the phrase about a great father and a great family man. It sounds almost like it's out of date, it's antiquated. It's almost embarrassing to some people to claim it and to push for it and to place it in its right position. Today, we mostly hear it at funerals. But let me tell you, it ought to be the theme on our hearts. We need to recognize how important a father is. And the man who doesn't assume his responsibility, regardless of the discouragement and the lack of training that he has, ought to understand he's one of the most important men and persons that could exist, and that he's needed, even though we have thought we could do without him. Today, we cannot relive, relive what has happened to America. We cannot claim when the father was at the head of the family and uh, we had not the statistics that I've just mentioned. We should return, though, to biblical teaching and the biblical stance that the father is the head of the family like Christ is the head of the church and is taught in the scriptures. And we need to claim the fact that that man needs a lot of encouragement and help, a lot of pat on the back, a lot of pats on the back. The central challenge of our generation is to revise, to revive for our modern conditions a widely shared concept of the family that you read about in the Bible and the fatherhood of God. You know, 
If you'll get your Bible and turn to Hebrews, the 12th chapter. We have a wonderful, a wonderful chapter here that climaxes the great sermon of the Hebrew letter. We have all of the Old Testament worthies mentioned in chapter 11. We have all the people who've gone through the great difficulties of the devil wanting to get them away from God. We even have in the second chapter of, that, of this uh, great letter that the devil was put in his place and that Jesus trailblazed the path before us and that he destroyed the devil, chapter 2, and he tasted death for every man. And that he's our high priest. And the second, the, the fourth chapter says, Let us come boldly before the throne of grace that we might receive mercy and find grace to help us in time of need. And as we go through that book, we finally come to the time that he reaches back and touches all the people who had faith in God. I don't believe that America is lost from the Father. I believe there are many hundreds of people who are good fathers out there. I believe there are many strong families out there. And I believe that God is working in many, many of us to turn America to God and to Christ. And we need as men to stand up and, and say, God, I want to assume my role, my responsibility. And I want to be the greatest father that you can make me. Let me tell you, there can never be a replacement for a father. Even though the mothers are indispensable, I mean, we couldn't do without them. And their love is so tender and so caring and so necessary. The Father is essential. And he writes that 12th chapter. In closing, I want you to look at that. Seeing that we're compassed about so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that thus easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has now sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. A man cannot be the kind of father that takes the dignity and the spirituality of the father that God intended without taking that kind of picture and impressing it upon his mind and trying to do it. That Jesus before us, he paid the price. He sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And we just got to, if you want help, this is the chapter for it. Look at number two. You look to Jesus, the author and the perfecter of your faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and he sat down now at the right hand of the throne of God. I'll tell you, Paul wrote in the Corinthian letter, the second Corinthian, about the third and fourth, out of four of those chapters, and he said, our, our bind and our bodies turned in the glory of Christ when we keep our eye on him. Said we look not to things that are 
temporal, but to things that are eternal. If you want to be the kind of father that, that God intended, it, this is instruction. You want to be the kind of mother who got to look to Jesus as the author and perfecter of our faith. Look at the third verse, the third verse. Consider him. Just consider him when we get discouraged. Notice the fourth verse. You have, not this, you have not gone through nearly as much as he did. He knows how you feel wherever you are. Look at number five. Now this shows us the, the thing that a father needs to do. He have forgotten the exhortation which deals with you as with children. My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. Now a good father is going to rebuke and going to help, but they're going to do it in a good way. In a kind way. Ephesians 6 says, Provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. A father doesn't, doesn't give discipline as a direct result of the loss of his temper. He gives it as a direct result of misbehavior, but he does it with kindness. Whom the Lord loves, he chastens and, and scourges every son whom he receiveth. It is for chastening that we endure. God dealeth with you as with sons. And if you be without that chastening, then uh, you're like a person who doesn't have a father. And this is where we've gotten a hang-up in America. One is, is, is abuse. The father that isn't trained and doesn't try to seek how to instruct and help people, it may end up in abuse, physical abuse, mental abuse verbal abuse, even sexual abuse. There's no place for that. But when a loving heart comes out and instructs an individual with that depth of love and knows they have their, their position at, an, at heart. And that's the reason he said the ninth verse, we had the fathers of our flesh to correct us and we gave to them reverence. How much more shall we be in subjection to the Father of Spirits and live? Now, I have listened to a lot of people who have been abused physically, spiritually, emotionally, and sexually. And a lot of them physically beaten. But they wouldn't even talk about their father, and then finally they'd talk about it. think about this, they just blocked it out. And, and some that had been abandoned. And they said, I don't want a father. I don't even think about a father. And I said, let's read this passage. Whether you, you have a good picture of your earthly father or not, you have a father that's just special. Oh, that's hard to believe. Yeah, I know it. I know it. But we all do. If we had the fathers of our flesh to chase us, it seemeth good to them. It may have not have been good, but it's good to them. How much more shall we be in subjection to the Father's spirits and live? For they indeed for a few days chasing us, it seemed good to them. 
but he indeed for our profit that we might be partakers of his holiness. We all have a father. We all have a father. And I know there's people here that have been abandoned by their father. I know that there are people here sitting in this building that feel like they can't reach out to their father, that he wouldn't understand. God bless you. But let me pray for you that your heart will be tenderized, that you'll understand that God is your Father. And He's looking down in tears wanting you to be His child. He's wanting to love you. He's wanting to care for you. He's wanting you to have what you need. If you've been abandoned by your father, you haven't been abandoned by God unless it is in your own mind. Now they tell us that a person can't rise above or he has thoughts of his physical father that he can't rise above that thinking unless he has a lot of training in hell. That he'll always have the same picture of God and I questioned that when I first read it and studied it. I said, uh, that's hard for me to believe. They said, well, just, just wait a minute. Just go, just go search out and help people and see. And when I began to help them and listen to them, I found that is true. Now, you can change your concept of your father if he's been, a, if he's been an abandonment, if he's abandoned you, if he's abused you, if he's left you. If he's never supported you, he's never helped you, you can change that by understanding he's just human. He's just a sinner. He needs God's help, just like anybody else does. And you have a father that's tasted death for every man through his son, that he might save every individual. And God wants to be your father. He's the father. We have the father of our flesh, but he's the father of our spirit. You know, he created us. Every one of us, when we came into this old earth, when, when the, the spirit began to live, and it was when we were conceived by our father, that seed was planted into the, the egg, and it began to make a person. But that has to be born again. Now, when that's born again is when we have the, the word of God as a seed. And when we believe that God created us and created all mankind and created us for himself and that he gave us his long-waited plan to send his own son into the flesh that we might be born again and he could be our real father. That's our plan, regardless of all of the obstacles that we have. He has the great plan to save every man. And if you haven't been saved today, if you haven't claimed your real father, then you need to. You need to know him. You say, well, how would I know him? They shall all be taught of God. They that have heard and learned of the Father by me comes unto him. Do you believe that God is your father? That he created you through Jesus Christ, our Lord? 
We believe that you have eternal life and that all of the difficulties that we might have here can be turned in to that which is spiritual and godlike and can bring many blessings if we claim God as our Father. You confess that Jesus is your Messiah, that he is your Savior, and that he came and built his church back Matthew 16 and 18. It was his, and it's just those people who claim him as the Savior, and God is their Father. And though all, he may not always get the praise as our Father, we ought to stop and say, Thank you, Father, along the way. We may forget to say how special you are, God, sending your Son to die for me, to redeem me and let me live with you forever. This would be a good day to say, yes, thank you, God, for being a Father. Jesus said, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That means sacred, holy, other than the fleshly. Thy kingdom come. The will is to be done. And heaven just like it is on earth. And to give us the sustenance of life. And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the power and the glory forever. That's a prayer he prayed and taught his disciples to pray to our Father. If you are a father and you have lived up to what God would want you to, now would be a good time for you to just confess that and to come and ask God's help. If you haven't owned Christ as your Savior, as your Lord, you can do that right now. Now's the time. He's waiting. as we stand together and sing.